today seeing the financial wood amongst the trees. Hello again, it's Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics, one latest post covering finance and problem news with a distinctively Australian flavour. In this week's market update, we're going to start as normal in the US, cross to Europe, Asia and end in Australia. Markets have started to look through the recession fears, it seems, banking on the Fed slowing its rate hikes and reversing later in 2023. Yet the signals are still mixed and earnings are clearly under pressure in many market sectors. But it does seem to me to be a question of seeing the wood for the trees. The bigger trend on markets are still pointing lower despite the short term moves higher. We are not, I think, out of the woods yet. Remembering central banks over nearly 20 years have tried to engineer growth through massive stimulation and debt and economies have been distorted beyond belief. As support is removed, asset values are still overdone and the cost of debt is rising. Anyway, the Dow cut losses to close higher on Friday as investors bought the early day dip in banks following a string of better than expected results, though concerns about a weaker economy linger and in the end the SP500 and the Nasdaq finished their highest levels in a month on Friday, leaving the S&P up 4.2% so far in 2023 and for the week the S&P500 gained 2.7% and the Dow rose 2%, while the Nasdaq increased 4.8% in its biggest weekly percentage gain since November the 11th. And the volatility index, the fear gauge, closed at a one-year low. The US stock market will be closed on Monday for the Martin Luther King Jr. Day holiday. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 0.33% to 34,302. The S&P 500 gained 0.4% to 3,999. And the Nasdaq Composite added 0.71% to 11,079. On Friday, financials were among sectors that gave the S&P the most support, with shares at JP Morgan Chase and other banks rising following their quarterly results, which kicked off the earnings season. JP Morgan Chase and Bank of America beat quarterly earnings estimates, while Wells Fargo and Citigroup fell short of quarterly profit estimates on higher credit costs. BlackRock also delivered better than expected quarterly results. Some of the shine from the wave of quarterly earnings was dimmed, though, by guidance that suggests economic headwinds were on the horizon that could hurt the consumer and weigh on loan demand. JP Morgan said a mild recession was its base case and warned that it was beginning to see a slowdown in its auto lending business at a time when the bank's home loan lending business has also come under pressure. But shares of all four firms rose, along with the S&P 500 Bank's index that ended up 1.6%. JP Morgan climbed 2.5%. But mark this, Wall Street's biggest banks stockpiled more rainy day funds to prepare for a possible recession and reported weak investment banking results while showing caution about forecasting income growth. And they said higher rates did help to boost profits, though. Strategists said investors will be watching for further guidance from company executives in the coming weeks. This has shifted the focus back to earnings, said Peter Tutts, president of Chase Investment Council in Charlottesville. Even though the earnings were basically OK, people are just kind of stepping back and you're going to see a wait and see attitude with stocks and investors hear more from company executives. Year over year earnings from SP 500 companies 
are expected to have declined about 2.2% for the quarter. Also giving some support to the market on Friday was the latest University of Michigan survey results that showed an improvement in U.S. consumer sentiment, with the one-year inflation outlook falling in January to the lowest level since the spring of 2021. But that was driven by a fall in energy prices, which some believe may prove temporary. The narrative has swung too much in the favour of lower commodity prices going forwards. Will Rind, CEO and founder of Granite Share, said, but... Energy is still a sector of the market where there are still big concerns and problems with supply. Don't look for the price of energy, oil or gas, to be on a linear move down from here. I think that there's still a lot of potential for a surprise to the upside, especially with the ongoing war in Ukraine, he said. Thursday's Consumer Price Index and other recent data have bolstered hopes that a sustained downward trend in inflation could give the Federal Reserve room to dial back on its interest rate hikes. Money market participants now see a 91.6% chance the Fed will hike the benchmark rate by just 25 basis points in February. Among the day's decliners, Tesla shares fell 0.9% after it slashed prices on its electric vehicles in the United States and Europe by as much as 20% after missing 2022 delivery estimates. And in other earnings news, United Health Group shares rose after it beat Wall Street expectations for fourth quarter profit, but the stock ended down on the day. And shares of Delta Airlines dropped 3.5% as the company forecast first quarter profit below expectations on first quarter earnings of between 15 cents to 40 cents a share short of estimates amid higher labour costs. The dollar fell to its lowest level in seven months, while bond yields stabilised after falling sharply on Thursday as another drop in US headline inflation emboldened hopes of a quick end to interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve and even a first cut in the second half of the year, although of course the Fed officials aren't so convinced. The dollar index was down a little, actually less than 0.1% at 102.18, with the strongest losses coming against a revitalised yen reflecting the fact that the Bank of Japan has only recently started contemplating any tightening of its own monetary policy. The decline in the consumer price index was arguably less impressive than it first seemed, owing nearly everything to a 9% drop in gasoline prices that can easily be reversed, but analysts were nearly unanimous, seeing the numbers as proof that inflation had peaked. Crude oil prices hit their highest in 10 days, though, as the dollar weakened amid hopes for an easier US monetary policy that will allow other central banks around the world to give more support to their economies too. The effect of the US inflation figures outweighed that of weak Chinese trade data for December, which showed both imports and exports continuing to fall on a year-on-year basis. Brent was up 1.74% to 85.49, while WTI was up 2.14% to $80.07. Goldman Sachs expects the US will narrowly avoid a recession this year and that slower growth will cool both wage and price inflation. That said, it expects the S&P 500 to end the year at 4,000 little change from now. The soft landing economic scenario led Goldman's top US equity strategist David Costin and his team to identify 46 stocks that investors should consider for their portfolios, including Tesla, Garmin, Carl Group, 3M, Qualcomm and AMD. 
In a note, Costin said the 46 stocks share some basic characteristics. They are profitable Russell 3000 companies in a cyclical industry group with a market cap greater than five billion US dollars. In addition, those stocks trade at a forward price to earnings multiple below their historical 10-year median and have an Altman Z score. That's a measure of a company's likelihood of bankruptcy greater than the Russell 3000 medium. The list excludes energy and companies that have outperformed their respective industry group since 2021. And Costin said that the painful investment lesson of 2022 was that investors should have invested for the worst case outcome. At the start of last year, investors hoped for transitory inflation and limited interest rate hikes. However, by the end of 2022, core PCE inflation remains near 5%. Fed funds had reached 4.3% up from 0.13% and Treasury yields had rocketed from 1.5% to 3.9%. During 2022, consensus S&P 500 EPS estimates slipped just slightly to US$221 from US$223, while the PE multiple collapsed by 20%, moving from 21 times to 17 times, driving a negative 18% total return in the S&P 500 index. If the US enters a recession, Costin says he expects the impact on the S&P 500 earnings will be less severe than in previous recessions because we perceive that fewer imbalances exist in the current economy. Consumer discretion and industrials estimates will be the most vulnerable. Among 36 stocks that Goldman expects to prove resilient during a hard landing, they included Electronic Arts, Home Depot, eBay, Costco, RedMed, Microsoft, Accenture and Block. And separately, Black Macmillan, the chief investment officer at Commonwealth Financial Network, said he too thinks investors and analysts are being too pessimistic. Most sectors have rallied since the start of the fourth quarter. Since markets look ahead, that can reasonably be interpreted as a positive signal for earnings during that time period. The fact that the market has held those gains in recent weeks says that the signal holds. The fourth quarter should be positive and maybe significantly so. And Macmillan also said, with people continuing to shop and spend, and with businesses investing, top-line growth should be healthy, helping both margins and bottom lines. Given the strength of the economy, I suspect the actual earnings will be better than analysts' expectations by at least the usual amount of 5% or so. Look for a gain in earnings rather than a decline when it turns out that the world didn't end last quarter. After all... Now, over in Europe, European stock markets traded higher on Friday with the economic outlook boosted by stronger than expected UK growth in November and closed near a nine-month high on Friday, supported by healthcare and banking stocks and upbeat economic data from the UK. The Pan Regional Stock 600 gained 0.5%, outperforming their US peers after reporting season kicked off with mixed bank earnings. The European index closed at its second consecutive week higher, with gains of 1.8%. European banking stocks gained 0.8%. Data released earlier on Friday showed that the British economy eked out modest growth in November at the start of the FIFA World Cup, which supported consumption, beating expectations of a contraction in the month. Gross domestic product rose by 0.1% from October. That's a better result than the 0.3% drop that was expected. But the country's GDP over the rolling three-month period was still down by 0.3% through to November, measured against the previous three months. And remember, of course, that the Bank of England is still forecasting a recession. 
While UK data could get more ugly in the coming months as high inflation erodes spending power, this number still adds to the current narrative that the economic downturn in Europe may be less severe than first feared. The final CPI release in France showed that inflation fell to 6.7% in December from 7.1% in November, in line with earlier preliminary inflation figures, and the latest sign that slowing energy price rises are helping Europe overcome the worst of the inflation crisis. And in Germany, data show the economy likely stagnated in the final quarter of last year and grew by 1.9% over the full year 2022, suggesting Europe's largest economy may just escape a recession over the winter. German stocks closed 0.2% higher. Some better GDP figures from the UK and Germany added to the cheer atmosphere on Friday, and while equities may look a bit overextended in the short term, they do seem poised for a better start to the year than many had feared, said Chris Beauchamp, chief market analyst at online trading platform IG. This news is adding to the positive momentum generated by Thursday's soft U.S. inflation data, which, as I said earlier, suggests the U.S. Federal Reserve could slow its rate hikes further in early February. That said, it's clear the global economy isn't out of the woods just yet. The World Bank earlier this week cut its growth forecast for the global economy to just 1.7% this year, after estimating last June that it would grow by 3%. DAX index in Germany traded 0.19% higher, the CAC 40 in France rose 0.69% and the FTSE in London climbed 0.64% and is continuing to drive higher on the back of the energy and mining sectors. In the corporate sector, Vodafone stocks fell 0.2% after the Financial Times reported that the telecommunications giant is planning to cut several hundred jobs, most of which will be at its London headquarters to raining costs. Kindred Group slumped 17% after the online gambling operator issued a fourth quarter profit warning, while ITV stock climbed 2% after the broadcaster's launch of ITVX, a free ad-funded streaming service, increased the company's streaming hours by 55% in its first month. Additionally, Gold Futures traded 1.29% higher to $1,923, while the Euro-US dollar traded 0.1% down to 1.0833. Most Asian stock markets rose on Friday and were headed for steep weekly gains on the prospect of a less hawkish Federal Reserve this year after that data showed US consumer inflation eased as expected in December. Technology-heavy exchanges in Taiwan, South Korea and Hong Kong were among the biggest gainers for the week as Treasury yields and the dollar retreated on the soft inflation reading. The Cosby, Hang Seng, and Taiwan weighted indices added between 2.8 and 4.4% this week, with the Kospi in the lead. The Bank of South Korea lifted its benchmark cash lending rate by just a quarter percentage point to 3.5%. Investors are concurrently grappling with the spectre of the Bank of Japan dumping its yield curve control policy, which could lead to 10-year Japanese government bond yields jumping from slightly above 0.5% to a new regime perhaps north of 1%. This could in turn have repercussions for global asset allocations. Chinese stocks rose amid continued optimism over an economic rebound in the country after the country reopened its international borders for the first time in three years. The Shanghai Composite was 0.6% higher for a third straight week of gains. Data on Friday also showed better than expected growth in the country's trade balance. This coupled with a mild improvement in inflation in December showed that economic growth 
was improving after the lifting of most anti-COVID lockdowns. In Australia, the S&P ASX 200 posted its seventh gain in eight days to reach a six-week high on Friday as those rising commodity prices, China's reopening, and optimism about cooling US inflation all combined to support equity prices. The benchmark index rose 0.66% to 7,326. The index last closed higher on December the 1st at 7,354.4 points. The benchmark SX200 index posted its seventh gain in eight trading days. In Australia, the yield on 10-year government bonds rose to 3.609. Yields on the two-year Australian government bond rose to 3.196, slightly ahead of the cash rate at 3.1%. The best-performing sector on the share market was energy, which finished at 1.5% as benchmark crude oil futures rose, with Woodside shares firming 1.24% and Santos adding 2.38%. New Hope Coal was the best performer on the benchmark index, gaining 5% after Goldman Sachs updated its view on the sector. Coal miners Whitehaven and Yang Coal also gained. Iron ore miner Fortescue Metals hit a 52-year high of $23.12 before retreating to close at $22.80. And BHP shares meantime traded as high as $49.92 before giving back some gains to end the day up 0.5% at $49.64. The financial sector added 1.1% with National Australia Bank up 1.62% to top the performance among the big four banks. CBA rose 1.5%, Westpac rose 1.11% and ANZ was up. 0.99% and elsewhere. Investment Bank Macquarie Group advanced 0.7% to 178.27. HSBC said that the drop in November home loan approvals that took the year-on-year decline to 24% marks the fastest such pace since the global financial crisis. Housing lending fell 3.7% in November from October. The loan approval statistics are currently absolutely unambiguous about the effect that monetary policy tightening is having, the bank said. We see national housing prices falling by 16% from peak to trough, but this assumes the RBA pauses soon. More hikes could mean further declines. As the RBA has stated, it has a narrow pathway for getting inflation back to target over time without delivering a recession. High inflation remains a challenge as the figures for November out early this week showed, but high inflation and a recession would be an even bigger problem. Our view is that as soon as the RBA sees the job market is loosening, it will choose to pause. Plunging house prices and a rising unemployment rate would be a risky combination. For us, that puts a lot of focus on the jobs market figures. Next week's labour force release for December, due on the 19th of January, will be an important one. And it's bad news for the crypto sector after the Security and Exchange Commission charged Genesis and Gemini for the unregistered offer and sale of crypto asset securities in the US on Thursday. We allege that Genesis and Gemini offered unregistered securities to the public by passing disclosure requirements designed to protect investors, said the chairman of the US market regulator, Gary Genser. Today's charges build on previous actions to make clear to the marketplace and the investing public that crypto lending platforms and other intermediaries need to comply with our time-tested securities laws. Doing so best protects investors. It promotes trust in markets. It's not optional. It's the law. The SEC's move had been expected but further complicates efforts to unblock accounts at Genesis, which suspended client withdrawals after losing money in the collapse of both FTX and the Terra Luna collapse earlier in 2022. 
The move was criticised as super lame by Gemini co-owner Tyler Winklevoss, who, with his twin brother Cameron, owned one of the biggest remaining cryptocurrency hoards. Those holdings may have to be at least partially liquidated if the SEC extracts a heavy settlement from Gemini. And elsewhere, Bulgarian-based crypto platform Nexo also ran into trouble, being raided by local authorities on suspicion of aiding money laundering. Bitcoin, though, was last up at $20,950 US, having broken out of its $17,000 range since November, while Ether rose more than 10% to 1559 Now, it will be interesting to see if this sticks and total crypto market cap was up to around $920 billion US, but of course, way down from its highs. So, as I say, it's a question of woods and trees. Sure, some of the trees look quite attractive, but if you stand back and look at the overall wood, you might form a different view as to how healthy the whole woodland area is. I'm Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Many thanks for watching, and I'll see you again next time.